welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So last time, which was only yesterday, talked about the fact that Jesus on the road to Emmaus opened up the Old Testament to them and talked probably for a couple of hours. So there must be an awful lot in there. And uh, we were just looking at some of the things he might have said. Uh, about himself and about about his church, which was be his bride. So, was there anything that particularly stuck in your mind from yesterday? It's always nice to have feedback. Anything you learned, or anything that really, any of those stories from the Old Testament that you really enjoyed, really took your fancy. I mean, yeah, we know a lot of stories already but um, I never uh, thought about I can't remember what the name of the mountain is but yeah with Abraham and yeah. later the temple and Jesus yeah some people say it wasn't the same mountain but to our two Mount Marias sure that was said on purpose <laughs> or maybe the one was a, a picture of the other my commentary says no no reason not to and um, your your leader says go with that <laughs> Phil yeah how about you Timo anything yes it's the same um, you can just read the stories and think yeah it's a nice story yeah or you can dig deeper and see that it's a foretelling or there's so much more in it and that yeah. was never really what I did yeah. I just read it and yeah my story okay <coughs> it's good well we're going to look at the uh, the New Testament now um, yeah the church is his bride and sorry just harking back there's one one book in the Old Testament still that we didn't we didn't look at um Timo used to laugh when I called it the sexiest book in the Bible, and it's the Song of Solomon. And uh, wow, yeah, it's quite explicit in places. It's it's right on the edge of being acceptable for children to read. <laughs> but it's because there's so much love and emotion, and that's what it is. It's a it's a love song. You often wonder when um, Solomon called Shlomo in my Bible when he wrote it what was going on in his mind and I, I think those prophets would start off with something and then as they got into poetry or as they got into music the arts in particular I think it was like a, a takeoff point and before so he's probably reading like why did he write that you know <laughs> yeah the Holy Spirit really really touched him so read that for yourself if you've not not already and read it as a love song of Jesus um, for for his bride, so we won't we won't look at that. You can do that now. Um, so, if we look in uh, in Ephesians again, which is one of my favourite books at the moment, there we are, and I've got the uh, the Passion Translation in Ephesians chapter five. Uh, he's talking about um, practical things that Christians should do. Okay, and it, Paul's saying that the family 
is very, very important. I don't know if you thought of this, but the family is a, is a picture. Uh, a man and his wife are a picture, Paul says, of Jesus and his bride. And um, I wonder whether that's why it's, it's a real target for the devil, the family. You know, he'd love just to pull it apart, pull it down. Maybe it's because of that, you know, that it, it annoys him so much that even non-Christians are representing Jesus uh, and, and his bride. So anyway, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 30, it's giving practical guidance in saying, right, wives, um, love your husbands, husbands, love your wives, basically, basically that. And he's saying, it's like a picture um, I think of the because you might not know the um, uh, the word for allegory Vortmalerei is that right? yeah <laughs> sorry that means it's a lovely word in German yeah. Yeah, the word picture painting with words Vortmalerei um, lots of words I've forgotten but some are still stuck in there <laughs> um, and what he's saying because you love your wife because Jesus loves his church. Yeah? Lovely picture. That's, uh, I forgot my glasses, but I think I can cope. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 30, but we won't, we won't read all that. Ephesians chapter 5. Answer the husbands. You are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us his bride. He died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure, until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw, a bride fully prepared for him. And the other, the other version without a bride without spots or wrinkles <laughs> sort of bride we all want to have um, and that, that's the that's picture of the church without fault beautiful for Jesus okay um, let's go back to um, what the Old Testament was saying about about the temple you know massive amounts of money and care went into um went into building of the of the temple and one thing I didn't um, I read the verse but didn't make make much of it I just remembered now and it said that all the stonework had to be prepared in the um, can't remember the English word now the quarry the quarry what's that in German you know where they, where they dig the stones sorry Steinbruch right and, and all the work had to be done there they weren't to take the stones all rough and then take them to the temple and chisel them all the work for the temple had to be done in the quarry and I remember this guy saying this watchman Neil was telling me about he said that's a picture of the work of Jesus all the work is done in the quarry which is Golgotha that's, that's why it's the shape of the skull because the stone's been taken out all the work and all the sweat is done there, not in the church. We don't have to sweat to uh, 
to achieve our salvation. It's a lovely free gift and we're blessed with it. So no sounds of chiseling um, in the in the quarry. I'll give you these notes when we're done next week and you can you can see the birds there. But I think that's a lovely word. That's in I think that was from Book of Kings, that, that particular one. And um, Peter takes up this picture of the church. We, his church, are like his temple. Because he's, he's brought up um, in the strict faith of, of, of being a Jew. Judaism was Peter. And he realised that all this in the past was a picture of things coming. And it says there that um, in... Well, we'll read it. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2 okay, 1 Peter chapter 2 focus my eyes 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 keep coming to him, Jesus who is the living stone he was rejected and discarded by men but chosen by God and is priceless in God's sight Come and be his living stones. So in this picture, we're living stones, okay? While we are continually being assembled into a sanctuary, that's a place for God to live. Wow. I mean, we, 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 talk, we read these words so quickly, you should stop and think, you know, wow, the church is a place for almighty God who made the who made the universe to live and in the shack <laughs> you've not seen the film yet but you know yeah. oh you've seen it yeah yeah where Jesus said let's go and have a look at my stuff stuff that I've done and <laughs> oh I like that bit <laughs> shooting stars go by and all the planets are slowly moving moving round you know but that's nothing to him compared to human beings made in his likeness but the God who made that wants his home in the church wants his home with us and then he goes on to say and now he carries on with the picture you're not just the temple but you're the priests as well and the priests were there to act between God and man and we're his priests offering him um, sacrifices of praise but we're also between God and the outside world out there offering spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ because in the Old Testament it said look I lay in Zion a cornerstone a chosen and priceless stone whoever believes in him will not be disappointed and then he said the stone the builders rejected and discarded has now become the cornerstone that's the main bit that everything was built around (coughs) A stone makes them stumble and a rock to trip over. Um, So that's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses, well, 5 and 9 in particular. So verse 9, you are God's chosen treasure. And it's mean, the word segula, it says at the bottom here, means a special treasure, guarded wealth indicating where the king's jewels should be in a safe, protected place. And that's us. We're the king's jewels protected. We are priests who are kings as well. Kings and priests. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. 
So remember what we said, Abraham and then his family, and they became a nation, and they were God's nation on earth to, uh, to spread the word, to bring the world back. And that's what we are now. We're God's chosen nation. So we're a temple, we're priests, and we're a nation. And kings for four different things. Okay. Uh, and Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22 not just Peter that's got the picture it's Paul as well in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22 he says and he's speaking now to people that weren't Jews people that would consider themselves you know maybe they looked on Jerusalem and thought wow fantastic God meets with them all the mighty things have happened in history but we're Gentiles but now the, the word came through Paul in particular no you're not God's bringing you back in bringing you back back to himself you Gentiles are now part of the body of Jesus and he says uh, all of you who are connected to the head cornerstone of the building the anointed one Jesus Christ himself well this entire building is under construction and it's continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. Not just the temple, but the holy of holies. To be a dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Not to be taken lightly. You should get up every morning think of it and say, Wow! <laughs> God's chosen us. Think of all that in the Old Testament, all the jewels and the gold covering everything, and now we've got the we've got the same role, which is why you know we want lives separate, separated uh, for Himself. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the church as we are now really was started as a as a dance and drama group. Has anyone told you this? Yeah, um, and we used to, but mainly from the Bible, but we used to make up the little plays that we did and we used to do a play on this we'd all gather together and somebody come in and said hey you stones I've just read that God's turning it into a building and it says there you know that he's continually doing it that he's the boss he's the meister and um, he's it's his responsibility so we never give up on the church it, um, we just say Lord just like we never give up on our own lives in the garden in the shack the Holy Spirit's there. I love a mess. And she's she's busy doing it. And God the Father, smi Papa, smiles when he sees what's happening. He even smiles at the mess. So with the church, um, God, Jesus is the Meister, the Master Builder, and He's it's His responsibility. So when it's in a mess, Lord. Anyway, uh, we used to, it, it was as if He was there chiseling away at each stone. And we were saying things like, no, I don't want to be over there, I want to be here. No, no, this is where you were chosen to be. Ow! I thought I was okay now. No, still a bit to be, still a bit of chiseling and smoothing to be done in your life. Particularly when one stone rubs against another. Ooh, ow, that hurts, you know. I wish you'd put me next to somebody else, but God knows what he's doing. And he, uh, he uses each other... Uh, with love, when, when love comes in, 
to uh, make us all together as a as a building like that. So there's a, a real big link with with what the Old Testament was saying. As I cycled here, I was thinking, where was the first church? Well, must have been the disciples, I suppose. And when they met in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came and they just rushed down the stairs, giggling, laughing, like like a load of drunken men, because that's what they were accused of, having real great fun, you know. So if anybody, if anybody, when you go back, laughs at you for having fun in the Holy Spirit, you just say, it's there in the axe, I'm only doing what they did. <laughs> Tumbling downstairs, hey James, what? <laughs> um, maybe that was the first church, but one that, um, well then they went on um, to be a people and, and they were looking after each other and making sure the widows were, were looked after. And then it says there's a church in, in Antioch. Um, there were two Antiochs. In one of the Antiochs, um, it said that there were prophets there and um, all the other gifts were there. And, and that's where they were first called Christians in Antioch. And, and as they were all praying together, they all had different uh, jobs, jobs to do. And um, that's when they said, Paul and Barnabas, God's got a job for you. You know, somebody had a word. So that was the first probably non-Christian church, Gentile church. I was just thinking of that on the on, on the way. Um, and again and again in Paul's letters, he says that the picture is a body. The church is, G- is God's body. So in Ephesians chapter 1 and... Uh, when we first looked at this, I remember, I remember one or two getting a little bit upset. I said, no, it can't mean that, but this is what it says. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. So Paul's praying for them, and then he says, Everything now finds its essence in him. I don't know what that is in German. Um, he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus and has given him the highest rank above all. Now we, his church, are his body on the earth. Okay? So he wants to do lots of stuff on the earth. We are the body that he uses to do that. Um, And... And we are the completion of him that fills all things with his presence flowing through us. So how can we be his completion? Remember somebody saying, so I said, that means he isn't complete without us. We can't say that. That's what it says. He's, He's chosen to be incomplete without us. We are fulfilling his his plan in other words so this picture of the body um, it comes again and again and uh, the clue is in how it works in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 so 
just before that it says all our direction and ministries in other words the jobs we do will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him the anointed head of his body the church verse 16 his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one and every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all and as these gifts are imparted and operating effectively throughout the whole body we are built up and made perfect in love so every member every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all now lots of people it's easy because we're human to think my gift is for me no, no it's not <laughs> whatever gift we're given is for everybody so there's no room for any any pride in all this because the gift is given to us anyway and we don't get big headed as we say and think wow aren't I important this, this job I've got to do I'm a prophet yeah but you're only saying things that God wants to say to everybody you're just uh, you're just his mouthpiece and if you look in um, I've got Corinthians Galatians Ephesians. no I've not got Corinthians so you'll have to trust me on this but in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12 uh, he really goes to town on this on this picture of, of the uh, of the body and um, I'm sure you recognise it it's when he says if the foot should say to the hand because I'm not a hand I'm not part of this body or the eye I can't remember everything it's the eye to the ear if, I, if I'm not hearing I'm not part of this body you know I want to be something else he says no 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 no. it's God has put every part of the body just where just where he wants it to be so again in this dance and drama group we used to we used to do this as a little play and um my wife had made the a great big eye. I think that was um, Alan. Alan was the eye, and it had a little cord so the eyelid would open and shut like that. Um, somebody was an ear, a great big ears. Um, two of the people were feet, and two of them were hands. And they were all saying this to each other: "No, no, I'm not part of the body. I don't want to be a hand. I want to be an ear." When it was obviously obviously they, they, they were a hand and then there was a song that we all used to sing together and um, uh, about the I think it was a fisher folk group from years ago this lovely song so it was it was depicting this we used to do it on different churches just showing this is God's body without the ear the body can't hear without the foot it can't walk you know every part is needed and some parts um, don't think they're very important. Lots of lots of people in the church worldwide that think, oh, "I'll just go on a Sunday. I, I have nothing to give whatsoever," and they don't realise that their gift might be a gift of hospitality or a gift of encouragement, because the leaders need encouragement. I've ne- never met a leader yet that doesn't that sometimes feel, oh. <laughs> Is everything okay? Am they going the right way? You know what's going to happen in the future. They all need encouragement. That's a very, very important gift. 
but lots of people think it's only a little. And I love to tell this story, particularly to Germans, because it's my ambition to introduce cricket to Germany. <laughs> we were trying to show him in the park the other day. God, he's very good, very good. Very sports. Have you seen him throw a ball? No. <laughs> Catch. Oh, it's brilliant. He made great cricket. But they don't play much cricket in Germany. And um, I was explaining that uh, the guy that bowls the ball, he has to have his arms straight. You don't throw it. You've got to bowl the ball. And there are those that run up and bowl it very, very fast. Something like 160 kilometres an hour. So if it was you or me with the bat, you wouldn't even see the ball because it whizzes past. And sometimes they'll make it short so it just whizzes just over your head or tries to knock, knock your head off. They have helmets now because there were one or two people who were uh, killed or badly injured in the past. Um, and lots of, lots of uh, protection you know, with the bat. But then there are other bowlers who come up a lot more slower and they only bowl about 100 kilometres an hour. But their, their, their trick is making the ball spin. So with the hands like that, the ball will go like that. It'll hit the ground and go that way. Uh, but every so often, they'll move the fingers the other way. The ball will come out of the back of the hand and it'll go... And the trick is, so they'll run up like this with the ball behind. So the bowler can't see what, what they're going to do. And then he'll be waiting to see which way it goes, you know. Hits his bat and somebody catches it. He's, he's out. So there was a very, very good um, spinner, they call them, and he was called Fred Titmus, and he used to play for Middlesex, which is the, the London club. And they were out in the, the West Indies, because cricket is mainly played where the British Empire, <laughs> the British Reich, used to be. So New Zealand, Australia, uh, a little bit in Canada, uh, actually a little bit in, more in America now. Um, but they turned to baseball because we wouldn't let them join. Did you know that? We wouldn't let them join the MCC. We wouldn't let them join the main club. So they said, right, we'll play rounders with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why baseball is there. Uh, the West Indies, you know, all the in the Caribbean, Jamaica, uh, some places in Africa, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, countries like that uh, play cricket. Have missed any out? Holland! They played, but that was never in the British Empire. Yeah, the the Dutch are uh, more and more into it. Must be more than that, but never mind. Um, South Africa. Oh yes, South Africa. Um, so they were they were English team were playing um, playing for England in the West Indies, and they'd finished the game. It's a crazy game. Some of the game last Timo could never get o over it. He said the game would last five days. And it would still be a draw sometimes. <laughs> In fact, it was more often a draw than anything else. Five days, you say? It's crazy. You England, South Africans, West Indies, it's not just us. Anyway, they were in the Caribbean, down to the beach, they jumped in the sea, and the manager's wife had, had, had got a, a speedboat. So they all, they all gathered around the speedboat, you know, and uh, joking and laughing, drinking beer, no doubt. And all of a sudden, Fred Sitness said, Ow! Something hit my hit my foot, and he looked down, and there was blood coming from his foot onto the surface, and he didn't realise that the propeller was still going round, so it chopped his one toe. It chopped his toe off. So um, you can imagine, oh, that's it. You know, you probably um, you won't be able to play again on on tour, but 
you know, in a few weeks you'll be okay. No. He'd, he had to learn um, to walk again properly. Because when he was bowling, a lot of it was being, you know, balanced so he could do that. It was a long, long time before he was well enough to play top-class cricket, having lost one toe. One little toe. Or maybe it was the big toe, but it was just a toe. And I think, sorry Fred, but I think that's a great example of what it's like in the church. Oh, I'm only a little toe, I'm rubbish, I'm no good. No, 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 the church will not be the same without every part doing as it, what it should. And he says that in Ephesians chapter 12. So when every part in the body is working as it should, and all the parts of the body are connected together with uh, ligaments and sinews, you know, um, then the body will, will work as, it, as it's intended. So let nobody say, I'm nothing. And don't ever let anyone else say to anybody, you're nothing. You may as well not be here. Because you wish. God's put every part, given everybody a job. So whether you're a, a prophet, then you're speaking God's word, as I said before. Not for you, but for everybody else. If it's encouragement, it's not for you. It's whoever's encouraging. So uh, Paul says this again and again. Whatever you give, go for it. You know, some people have got the gift of um, of having money. Money just seems to come to them. You know, it's just brilliant at jobs. They buy a house, and within a few years, it's worth a lot more. So sell it again, or they'll get into a business and there to make money for the uh, to help other people, poor people, the church to do to do its job. So he says, if that's your job, do it cheerfully. Give it away. Let it all come rolling in and give it away. So I'm sorry we couldn't look at uh, Corinthians. I hadn't realised it wasn't in this. I've got a Bible there. Oh, right. Uh, well, I think we've, we've covered it really. But read that on your own. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then the very next chapter is very, very important. In the middle of all these pictures... And then he goes on in 14 to talk about prophecies and so on. But in between that, chapter 13, is the great chapter on love. And he says, you may do this, that and the other, and if you've not got love, well at one point he says, you're like a, you're like a symbol. <laughs> Just makes a big bash. A clanging symbol without love. You know, you're making a big noise for yourself. But if you've not got love, which is defined, I suppose, as you can't have love just for you. Uh, <laughs> the book I was reading said, because God is love, that's why he, he made us. Because you can't have love on your, on your own. The love was to each, each one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, but even then it had to expand. Because love needs somebody, something to be loved. So that's a great chapter on um, on how important love is amongst all the gifts. So the gifts and love all going together. Okay. Romans chapter 12, I have got this one. And I've said here, the key here, to summarise Romans chapter 12, it's us, not me. Us, not me. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8.
Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? Well, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. Old Testament again. Live in holiness, experience all that delights his heart, because this is our genuine expression of worship. Um, verse 3. So God has given me grace to speak a warning against pride. I would ask each of you to empty yourselves of self-promotion. In other words, I'm the big guy. Empty yourself of that idea. Don't create a false image of your importance. But instead, uh, assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. Then you'll see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. But it's not you, it's, it's what God's given you. So here it goes again. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. Einziger. Is that the word you do for unique? Einziger function. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we're all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. God's marvellous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So, if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then serve others well. So some of the ladies that think they've no gifts at all, but wow, see them on Sunday when there's food to be prepared and you know they just love to bake and uh, serve other people. But it's not just obviously food, you know, serve in many ways. If you have the grace of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, use it often to encourage others. If you've got the grace gift of giving to meet the need of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare, without any trumpets blowing. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. And let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Don't wear a mask like an actor. So verse 10. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honour of one another. And when I got picked up the book, The Shack, having seen the film, because there were bits in the, in the film that I forgot about in the book, when they go in the cave and judgments there. Uh -huh. I just didn't remember that bit at all. <laughs> and who is she anyway? Who is the... Is it the Holy Spirit? Sophia. I don't know. I assume so. And um, I went back to the book, and the book is a lot 
lot, lot deeper than anything they could put in the film. Ah. And if it were all there, I don't think you'd get non-Christians coming in to watch the film anyway, you know, I had to um, just keep certain bits in. And um, when they're all... Mm, now, which bit was it? It's when, he, when he's seeing all the Christians out there and the light lights, and he describes this in the book, and he says they're all different. And... Um, as I was reading it, my prayer was, Lord, help me to see other people like you see them. Because it's so easy for anyone to just, oh, he's boring, or she's boring, or uh, he talks too loud, or he's so important. Whereas if you saw it through the eyes of Jesus, even the murderer, the child murderer, Jesus wanted to bring the very, very best. So when people annoy you in the church, or people annoy me in the church, uh, the word is, which I, whether you know this in German, redemptive. Do you know what I mean by redemptive? You always want to bring the best out of them. Jesus redeemed us. He uh, brought us out of sin and made the best of us. So if people in the church that we don't get on with, well, we need to because we're going to spend eternity with them. Uh, but when we pray, Lord, oh, they really get on my. We've got this expression. They really get under my skin. <laughs> That's the English expression. <clears throat> so I'm going to pray for them, Lord. Uh, maybe it's not their fault. It's me. Uh, but in any case, make the very, 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 very best of them. Um, I I find sometimes. Um, if you can get that other person and meet them in another another area, go and play tennis with them or, or something like that, you know, have a kick around, play football, uh, get them in a different en environment. Because we all, after being many years in the church, we all tend to put a face on, you know, and sometimes <laughs> get them in the park, and forget the face, forget the mask, and just be yourself, you know, <laughs> kick each other to death. <laughs> uh, so Romans 12 I've said it's that's our responsibility all the gifts are about us not me then I think one of the most amazing verses in the Bible if we <laughs> tell Ephesians my favourite book if we go to Ephesians chapter 2 incredible verse where we find what our job in life is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7 says throughout the coming ages we will be the visible display of the infinite limitless riches of his grace and kindness which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ but well, that's our job throughout the coming ages we will be the visible display of the infinite limitless riches of his grace and kindness we're to display it and we'll go on to the next verse in a bit but I remember thinking it's a bit like um, when you go to the cinema you need the projector you need the images to show and the light shines <coughs> But if somebody's stolen the screen, <laughs> it's no good. You need a screen, you know. And it's as if 
God wants to show his wonderful riches when he needs a screen. And guess who's the screen? <laughs> it's us, not individually, but all together. So that, for instance, people can see, wow, you know, that's brilliant, the unity. One of the, one of the real blessings we found when we moved here from, um, from where, where we were, I'm sure people have told you the story, have they? We, we were saving up to buy a new, a new church, you know, all this time. Yeah, yeah, new building, yeah. and opposite where the swimming baths were, there was a, a place there. We're about to buy it, and we got, don't ask me what, where this word comes from, gazumped. Doesn't sound very English. Somebody else comes in with a bigger bid. Uh-huh. That's gazumping. <laughs> what language is that? Dutch or something? <laughs> um, so we had £500,000. We heard via Randy that these guys here were still short of £500,000 they kept going back to the congregation asking for more money but the bill, whenever you're building the bill always goes up and up and up and uh, I think it was the same week and Andy said, funny you should say that we've got £500,000 <laughs> so they said if you lend us that you can use the building for, for nothing <laughs> so we do give them gifts time time when we've got the money but basically, we've got this incredible building with a lift, with all these different rooms, and we're only not many of us. Could, if we'd been there, I think we'd still be painting and decorating that. Uh, probably run out of, probably wouldn't have had enough money to do all the, you know, the small, smaller bits. Certainly wouldn't have a, a shindleless lift. Mm-hmm. Every time we go in there, so you remember, did you see the film? Schindler's List. <laughs> Schindler's Lift. Are you spotted that? No. Oh, you'll see it every time you go in now. Schindler's lift. What? <laughs> Is that the make of the lift? Yeah. That's it seems they're a massive German uh, lift maker, yeah. Um, how do you get to that? Church, the building, US fashion building that we were going to buy. Yeah. Um, just like the grace. Yeah, can't, and his, can't say. And Never his mind. immeasurable riches. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So yeah, um, and then there was a when we first opened up, there was a meeting of lots of churches in Manchester together, and one guy in particular stood up and he said, he said, uh, Kingsway and Life Church, you are such an example to the world outside. Not many churches could do that, you know. Not many churches because we're different from them. But, you know, we're family and we we live together. We sit together in the same building. And this guy was saying, he's a brilliant example. And I found, particularly with older guys down at a golf course, the senior golfers that I, I play with, don't want to talk about Jesus. The only conversation we ever had was when one guy sat and had a drink in his beer. My question is, who made God? Uh, <laughs> couldn't really give him an answer to satisfy nobody, you know, he's always been there yeah, someone's got to make everything there is sure, that's as far as it goes as soon as you mention Jesus, click you know, the switch off, even when they go, there's always somebody every year that's died, you go down there and the flags are half last, who is it, it's not me is it no, 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 you're okay it's uh, <laughs> Jimmy, you know, he's died he was, they seem to live to a good age these golfers, 85, 90 still playing in the mid 80s um, but they would talk about this building and they wanted to know the story because it was you know there was a reality to it um, so 
you know, things like that are brilliant, brilliant example. But one guy, one guy will talk about it, and there's a, one of our guys, an ex-policeman, lives over the road, around that way somewhere. And um, this other guy that wants you to know who made God said, it's big, isn't it? He said, yeah, yeah, do a lot there. Yeah, but he said, why is it so big? So he said, well, the Baptists, what, what are you on about? What do you mean? What's that got to do with it? He says, well, you know, they don't just throw a bit of water on you when you're baptised. You, you go under the water, you know, so they have a pool. Well, why has it got to be so big? So he said, well, they were making a swimming pool there. They thought they may as well have a diving board. That <laughs> 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 was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> be all right if there was. Yeah. That <laughs> would go on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. This is the verse that really just blows takes your breath away right verse 10 uh, oh verse 9 God's grace fuels my passion to enlighten every person to this wonderful mystery which was kept a secret in the heart of God the creator of all and it's been hidden from the world until now this mystery he's talking about Christ in the church. Why did he do this? So that every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm would have unveiled before their eyes God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through his loving plan for the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness so just putting it in other words he's saying that in the heavenly realm there are angels there are good angels and then there are the baddies that went after um, after the devil and his, and his pride um, says somewhere in the Bible there's a third of them probably in Revelation were carried off by uh, by Satan and worship him they wanted independence from God but even there they're there watching over and the an- our good angels the angelic hosts everybody they're all watching this theatre this play that's going on this living play that's going on before them on earth and um, so so down at the bottom it says in the footprints whoa this is small it says the church is the university of the angels every believer is a professor teaching the heavenly realm the mysteries and wonders of the grace of God the angels investigate through our lives the treasure of grace like the cherubim who gaze upon the mercy seat yeah so they're looking down at the church even though sometimes the church is a mess but they just see grace 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 being, being poured out so we are the university that, that I just find out mind blowing that's our job that's our job here on earth so even when we feel nothing much going on. To be university professors of grace. Sorry? To be university professors of grace. Yeah. 
yeah for the professors for the angels wow yeah that's the little footnote down at down at the bottom there <laughs> So you tend to think of the angels being, wow, so much more important, bigger than us and wiser than us. But they're there. It says in Hebrews that the angels are there to help us. They're messengers of light looking after us. So we're kings before the Father as well. Yeah. Because my translation doesn't say anything about kingship. And yet, this one is like the Aramaic text can be translated, we have kingship. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That puts us. I like the, these new versions because yeah. I mean I've been reading King James version and and I've been all my life you see yeah. and and you find yourself reading it and then you think I've not concentrated I've read five verses now don't ask me what I've just read my mind's just thinking about the ironing or the blackbeard <laughs> over there or, you know yeah. whereas when you read the same thing here you think wow oh it's profound. Yeah. Different angle. <coughs> yeah, completely. So he says, um, he uses the word there, the many different sides of God's wisdom. And um, I think the word that the Greek says is, is manifold, which means many faces. So when you have a, a beautiful jewel, they won't cut it to be round, or they won't cut it to be flat, they'll cut it with lots of different faces or facets they call them so that when the light shines different angles you know almost different colours and it says that's that's how it is for us we can show the different faces or of, of, of what God's done you know in our in our lives so it's brilliant when you go to different churches you've got different ways of doing things you know if it's all the same as us be a bit boring all different, all different angles that God's light is shining on. And it's all so that the angels can see. Wow! I think we sometimes forget, don't we, the, the honour that we've got. <laughs> That's why I like doing this school, because it reminds me of uh, the stuff that's... Um... So next week, I'll be with you next Friday. It won't take long, but we've got... Well, you never know. We're going to look at the word therefore. Is that desto? Therefore. Desto. Deshalb. Yeah. Deshalb. Yeah. And uh, in, in English, when, you take, when you're taking notes at university and whatever, it, it's always good to have what we call shorthand, little, little signs. And instead of writing out the word, it's a lot quicker. So the word therefore is three dots like a triangle dot yeah. dot dot that means therefore and if you turn it upside down dot 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 means because it's so quick as to write it therefore <laughs> that's how thank you for listening so to the our destiny podcast for further information check out www.com